Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Oh, tonight we got them. Goldie, the Sulk, and JC. And it starts right now. Oh, welcome back to another episode of A Typical Disgusting Display, a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. Uh, and here we go. At attempt number two. <laughs> Numero dos. You, you instantly froze when we started this morning, and all I could think of was someone jizzing in their tuxedo <laughs> pants on their wedding night. <laughs> First joke of the day. First joke of the day. Uh, oh, that was Buddy, a no- come here. That was uh, a no. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was saving my virginity for this, so now oh, I, I can't yeah, do anything. I, I don't know what to do. I rubbed up against a bridesmaid and I lost it. Sorry. <laughs> you think the rental place is going to charge us extra? <laughs> Get the seltzer. I'll start rubbing it on the, the inside. Seltzer. Get the seltzer in a napkin. Wasn't there a, like a reality show of couples that had never kissed and then they got married and yes. then they show the first kiss and it's oh just like... it was just so disgusting <laughs> it was like I, you know it was like in those alien movies when they're trying to implant their brain in another yes. person like that's what the kisses look like yeah i'm going to impregnate you with my alien seed via my tongue through your mouth yes. uh yeah well uh, we got fr- we froze when we first started here and i was in the middle of saying that i have a head cold <laughs> right. i have a head cold so or do you not even bother testing anymore? Uh, this is not COVID. This yeah. is not COVID. This uh, is just a head confirmed. Um, but as you know, this you start messing around with the alchemy of this nose, it's trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, it's trouble. If if one of my ears is blocked, I'm just ready to kill myself. I know That's it's worse. <laughs> it's yeah. so true. Like the it, and Goldie, we've had this conversation before. It's like. The an- the pack animal in the wild who all of a sudden there's a thorn in their hoof and then they're left yeah. behind and, and eaten by predators. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's like if, if one thing goes wrong, my, the, my very existence is thrown into question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh so goodness. here we are, face to face, three silver spoons. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Goldie, we were, we had a little... 
uh, conversation yesterday and, and something caught our eye that's back in the news. And it was something we talked about, I don't know, I want to say almost a year ago, uh, this Jonah Hill thing. I think it was so, about six months ago, but oh, yeah. let's not quibble over time. <laughs> uh, I have a head cold, so I don't know. I can't yeah, so, I, I mean, I could just say what I think the story yeah, is. Yeah, please. That, we'll, do, we'll lay out, the, lay out what's ha- what happened first. Well, and, and we talked about the documentary Stutz on Netflix, which was about Jonah Hill and his therapist. Yes, and we but all, it was really about Jonah Hill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we all enjoyed it to different ways to different degrees yes. i thought it was a good agreed one of uh, i put it in the top 40 percent of our podcast yeah. <laughs> yeah, safely yeah. safely it's not a, it's not canon but on the other hand yes. you know no one's mad about it right yeah it's it's not approaching mulaney or matt rice right. but it's up there <laughs> no i'm trying to think of uh who we can insult? Who we can't see anymore? <laughs> oh, we got to go compare it. We, we got to go with Lou Schneider. He's our go-to whipping no, boy. We love Louie. Lou. <laughs> somewhere between a Schneider and a Scully, it's in there somewhere. <laughs> it's in there somewhere. <laughs> Schneider, Stutz, Scully. Uh, no, I put them all on the same plane. Anyway, yeah. so then uh, the Jonah Hill's ex-girlfriend released a bunch of his text messages two days ago and sort of saying he's a toxic person i don't don't remember the exact emotionally abusive controlling controlling yeah Yeah, controlling that he had said he had laid out his boundaries but his boundaries didn't seem to involve him at all it it all seemed like stuff that she did that he no longer wanted her to do like wear a bikini on instagram show yep. pictures of herself surfing she's a have, surfer she's yes. a pro surfer yeah and, <laughs> and that's how they first met he like reached out to her from her dms one oh. of her yeah one of yeah. her photos of her surfing oh i didn't oh, know that yeah, yeah that, that adds a layer <laughs> yeah and yeah, have lunch with her toxic old surf friends or <laughs> yeah so you know first of all god forbid my text to my wife get it Get out because it's like how how many times can a human being ask another human being to buy cheez It's it's like (laughs) it's enough. (laughs) Like you're harassing this control. Go get the cheez It's yourself, you lazy fuck. (laughs) Controlling. He's he's snack controlling me. (laughs) (laughs) But so and and God only knows what you're writing to your wife. I I suspect JC's text to Stu are are within bounds. I don't know. Yeah, no, those those could be released to the public. I think. Yeah. Catch me on a bad day, you know? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but so he, you know, look, it's never great when something that was intended to be private correspondence gets released. Right. But then, Alec, you kind of had an angle that it sort of invalidated the work that we had done about studs. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's he. Jonah is wrecking poor studs. Like Stutz, oh. as we know from the documentary, is suffering from MS. MS? What Parkinson's. Was it? Parkinson's. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And it's really starting to, you know, kind of take him over and he's slowing down. And I think that was part of the impetus for making the documentary. It's like, let's get him while he's still pretty healthy. Um, but Jonah Hill is now fucking up Stutz's legacy. <laughs> like, ah, it's making Stutz seem... Because Jonah Hill's language in these texts was clearly parroting like therapy speak 
So oh, yeah. it seemed clear that Stutz had said to him, like, well, you need to set clear boundaries, you know, and then <laughs> Joni Hill took that and sprinted with it, it with, like, you know, the texts that are all one sided. It's like 30 texts, no response. Right. So I, I think Jonah's kind of fucking with Stutz here. Well, interesting. So I read someone on Twitter uh, said this, and I thought this was pretty incisive. They said that boundaries are something you set for yourself not that you impose on other people perfectly said so meaning like i can say my boundary is you know i don't want to be with someone who has swimsuit pictures on instagram but i can't really say that it's it's a boundary in the relationship because it's not so it's it's i you know i i think there's a nuance where you say he should be clear in what he can tolerate and can't tolerate but then when you see what those things are it's pretty (laughs) abhorrent so from a therapist perspective if someone came in and said they planned to do this it seems like you would try to say hey i applaud you for understanding there's you and them and then there's stuff in between and lines but those really shouldn't be the ones you're drawing right but if you only have an hour with a person and you get paid (laughs) the same 300 bucks either way wouldn't you just kind of say like hey you know try and see how it goes (laughs) (laughs) maybe it'll work i don't know maybe maybe like he sends that text and she goes i'll never wear a bathing suit again i'm gonna you know, surf in a Quaker <laughs> bonnet and and a formless oh. burlap gown, and I'm only gonna have lunch by myself. And then they they come uh. in to report that back, and you go, "We've we've done good work here. This is all that we've been talking about." And then if it fails, you go, "Well, I got him now for another two years because there's gonna be an extraordinary aftermath." That's right. <laughs> well, more therapy. So, oh God. Well, it's so funny when you were saying that it sparked a a thought in my Witzelsuck brain. And we were talking before about, uh, before we started the podcast about Brian Ateen, that guy who did the ridiculous uh, audition for Stanley Kubrick many years ago. But I just started thinking of, uh, when you're living on the street, you see a lot of stuts. But, <laughs> but not the stuts you want to see, man. Like, I'm sure Stutz was looking at that, all the wrong stuts. Like, he was, he was just misinterpreting the therapy and I, I go back to the point of like poor Stutz. Stutz yeah. may not have a lot of time left, or he may have plenty of time left, but he may not have a lot of time left being able to like vocalize and and do therapy. Yeah. And for this, for Jonah Hill to be the first Google association with Stutz, like for the rest <laughs> yes. of rest of his yeah. life, it seems. But like I think from Stutz's perspective, he'd probably say, "You should have seen how fucked up he was when he first got here." Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all just about getting better, not achieving perfection. Oh, That's true. God. Like he's gone from someone with no self-esteem who thinks he can't be in a relationship to ordering women around. So that's right. progress. It's from an a over- psychological perspective. Like, look at all the confidence. He can ask her to give up her whole identity. He's no longer like the little chubby kid they made fun of. That's progress. It's a hilarious overcorrection. I'm too hot for you. Yeah. Jonah. Wow, no. look at this. We've done great work here. Uh, oh my God. You're too fat for me. See? Yes. It works. It's working. 
Oh, God. And we, we know a couple of other people who go to see Stutz, and I'm just wondering what they're thinking about this whole mess. I don't right. know. I could. I could humorous. I, a great birthday gift would be one session with Stutz. Ooh. <laughs> a gift certificate to Stutz. Yeah. <laughs> do you have Hilarious. gift certificates? <laughs> yeah. Do you do coupons? <laughs> oh, God. I, I honestly, like, I had such a great therapist before. I think I've talked about how he ghosted me. Uh, oh, yes, he yes. moved. It's not. It, yeah. It's not. I'm being it's a funnier. It's funnier yes. to say that. Yeah, <laughs> right. but you know, I'd kind of like to go back. I don't want to do anything else on Zoom. I'm so sick of Zoom. But the thing about it is, you, I don't want to start over again with a new therapist. Oh, yeah, know, here's my mom. Here's my dad. Yeah. Here's yes, me. Yeah. Here's and it's like I just I just can't. I know. Yeah. I well, I started with a new therapist back in uh, last September. Yeah. So you know, I've almost been there a year now. I love this guy, but we had a, a very interesting exchange in one of our last uh, sessions where we, you know, he, he, we are on Zoom now because I'm here and he's, he's there in LA and he likes to get very close to the camera <laughs> and, and he, oh, that's he, smart. he and I, he and I have similar noses. So it's like the two, the two <laughs> pictures like that I have, it's like, it's like literally a sort of a nose to nose like thing. <laughs> on the, and he's very, he speaks very quietly and he asks all the right questions. But I sort of pictured this guy was maybe like, maybe my age, maybe like two to three years younger than I am. And it came out in our last session that he's 61. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I felt so, it made me feel so much worse after the session. I was like, that's all I could think about. Like any of the good work we did in the session. I'm like, this guy's fucking sick. What, what the fuck? Because he looks so young. He looks so young. He's got like a weird kind of like babyish face and doe eyes. And he leaves but isn't that good? Kid. I mean, doesn't that show you, wow, if I can clear my mind, then maybe I've found a fountain of youth yeah maybe see you're seeing the positive i think you Mm -hmm. see the positive in others but not yourself and i think i'm i'm guilty of that as well (laughs) yeah um let me stick my nose up in this camera and talk (laughs) what if we Um, took our shirts off (laughs) nope is it what you see is a nose and forehead in the camera (laughs) (laughs) if i took my shirt off all you'd see is a nose and tits in the camera (laughs) (laughs) don't make me say oh a generous c cup um <laughs> gentleman C. A gentleman C. <laughs> I'm telling you with that's the advent great. of this with the advent of the with the coming of this pool, it's never been in more stark relief. Um <laughs> well that was fun to talk about. Goldie, did you want to wrap anything up from your Colorado trip? I know you uh I'll just talk about it for two I saw minutes some or so. Fun, yeah, you know, jumped so off I, a I diving took... board, which I love. Yeah, I love that <laughs> yeah. photo. I, I put a swimsuit photo on Instagram for 24 hours, apologizing to Jonah Hill. Yes, because I, <laughs> I, I jumped off a diving board for the first time <laughs> since 1987. Colorado is wonderfully like the 1980s. There are kids <sighs> riding around on Perfect. little dirt bikes, oh, that's kind cool. of in their cul-de-sacs. There's like HOA pools with diving boards, like a, a lot of the stuff that liability seem to have uh washed away from places like LA and yeah I, I don't know other places but yeah that here they don't have that here because it's it's inherently unsafe in the mountains right yes. it's, <laughs> it's inherent like in the snow and the cold and the elements and hiking like it, you can't just say there's no way you'll get hurt and right. so yeah. you know every time I go anywhere I I think to myself god we should just move here you know because it's so beautiful and 
we were up in in vale in the mountains and i would go by this stream every morning to meditate and oh uh, wow it was it was really wonderful and then we went to this place called glenwood hot springs which is amazing it's like a natural uh pool and it's about you know 100 degrees plus maybe 100 300 4 and it's healing waters and sulfur and then there's a medium temperature pool and it's giant and and everyone's there the whole community you know like people of all walks of life and then there's like a one you can swim in and there's a diving board and then there's wow. a a water slide where you get on a raft and it's like your whitewater rafting it's it's amazing wow. and so I, I was like look at this wonderful community and and like god this is what's so so what's missing from la it's like a place where everyone goes and you don't feel self-conscious you take off your shirt and then I saw a man with a swastika tattoo, just oh, walking around, God. just having a soak. Jesus. And everyone, Whoa. I guess everyone's fine with it. Oh, yeah, that's just Larry. Just one guy. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's where we are as a society now, because I feel like wow. 30 yeah. years ago, every guy in the place would have been like, we're going to beat the shit out of that guy. Yeah. yeah. And now I, it's kind of like. Yeah, well, you know, there's yeah. just one. It's just a point <laughs> oh of view. God. We all have them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. And it's funny because you said at the beginning of that uh, talk about the hot springs and everything, people from all walks of life. And I was thinking in Colorado, yeah, what is that? Everyone from German Irish to Dutch Irish. Every, the whole panoply. <laughs> I mean, there of were like existence. literally women in, in hijabs. Like, oh, yeah. Head, like, you know, yeah. so I was oh, like, that's this, cool. is, this is pretty cool. <laughs> you just yeah. Know. And then I don't know, man. Can't we just maybe have a rule that people with swastika tattoos need to wear like water shirts? Yeah, (laughs) I'm not even saying kick them out. I'm just saying, could could they keep their shirts on? Jesus, (laughs) I know. I I wear one for my tits. He can wear one for the swastika. Come on. (laughs) Anyway, Um, then then I was like, maybe we don't need to move here. We could just kind of come every. Or a week every year. (laughs) Much better that way. (laughs) Uh, Well, it sounds like you had a fun trip. Um, Sure. (laughs) Except for the swastika. Except for the swastika. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. All right, what better segue... <laughs> <laughs> into Johnny Jokes. From Hollywood, here's Giannis. A no-spin oh. zone that time. No-spin, just, <laughs> no just straight stuff. And speaking of straight stuff, we're going to do a straight-down-the-middle joke here at the beginning. Well, uh, Wimbledon. Wimbledon had its first tournament since the passing of Queen Elizabeth. 
And the fans at Center Court honored her memory with a moment of sitting on their ass and doing nothing. <laughs> Straight down the middle joke. There you Straight go. down the middle. All and right. we're off. And we're off. Uh, NATO, maybe you've heard of them. NATO has voted Sweden into their alliance. Uh, this vote signals to the world that the alliance is committed to peace in the North Atlantic and bowls of delicious gummy snacks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought of that one, too. I, don't, uh, I guess Swedish fish. Is that what we're talking yeah. about? Yes, it is. You got there. <laughs> yeah. You got there. Uh, several Ukrainian adult film stars are creating peace porn with the proceeds going towards the war effort. If you're interested in watching, simply search Busty Babes Covered in Kumbaya. Oh, my God. <laughs> Peace porn. Kumbaya. Peace porn. Uh, okay. A new study has concluded that the number of people with dementia will triple by 2050. Uh, it should be noted, however, that the study was conducted by the whispering voice in my brain. <laughs> dementia. And finally, thankfully, uh. finally, Football Hall of Famer O.J. Simpson turned 75 last week. Uh, the Naked Gun star celebrated at a local restaurant surrounded by family and very nervous waiters. <laughs> he killed go. one once. There Second we Johnny. go. A very nervous family and very nervous waiters. I mean, he did, he did uh, yeah, both. That really. would have been better. That would have yeah. been better. Well, <laughs> kidney stones are now rising in babies and toddlers. And the market is adapting. Uh, Pampers now brags they can hold five pounds of rocks. <laughs> okay. Uh, this week, cocaine was found in the White House. And this is nice. Hunter Biden offered to help sniff out the owner. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. Uh, both sides. These are just both jabs. Sides. These are just jabs. Uh, actor Jamie Foxx, good news. Actor Jamie Foxx is doing better. After a health scare, uh, doctors say he'll be up and about and begging for an Oscar in no time. Yes. <laughs> for that. Okay. <laughs> this is the rare Carson into double Gutfeld. Oh. Wow. I'm going to attempt a Carson into a double Gutfeld. Oh. Here we go. Love it. Love it. Well, <clears throat> a new survey says 40% of Ivy League students now identify as LGBTQ+. Uh, you know, Ed, my nephew goes to Harvard, and I'm happy to report he's getting gay A's. <laughs> <laughs> now for the gut felt part. Uh, these kids are now so confused, 80% of them don't even know if they're non-binary. No, <laughs> you rascal. Professors are getting in trouble for transplaning. Oh, on a norm. The Earth (laughs) had its hottest week on record and scientists are blaming overpopulation. But don't worry, ladies. They say we can still save the planet if this week everyone switches to (laughs) blowjobs. Great closer. Great closer. It's so funny that you did the gay A's. I've been trying to get this one about an LGBTQ tennis player who won in gay sets. So we were like in the same, (laughs) right in the same area. Yeah. Could have helped me this week. Didn't think hard enough. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, fans, oh boy, we are, we are lucky today. We've been excited for this for a while. We have a great guest with us today. I mean... This is a big box on our comedy bingo card here today. We have, oh, what? I was looking at your Wikipedia, Nick, and you're in so much. I don't know what to talk about. I mean, oh, hello. Uh, that was really the only one I remember. That was the only no, one. He's been in so many comedy movies. He's co-created the wildly popular uh, Big Mouth with another friend of ours, Andrew Goldberg. He's been doing comedy. He's been making us laugh for years upon years. Please welcome the hilarious Nick Kroll. Nick, how are you today? Welcome. I'm great. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. It's it's a thrill to be here. Oh Thanks Jesus! Can we take that again? Wow, well, I mean, that seems he's so such subdued. a good actor. <laughs> like what he does is he underplays the first. Take. I, I guess so, <laughs> and it just gets bigger from there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we have the a baseline, Nick. So let's yes. just play with the next. Can, one. We can <laughs> work from there. All right. Um, <laughs> Hey guys, thanks so much. I'm uh, on. I'm actually a big fan of the show. So, okay. <laughs> all right, you went up a notch, um, Nick. I was thinking back because um, you are, as we mentioned, you are uh, great childhood friends with uh, our friend and, and coworker uh, for a while, Andrew Goldberg. Yes, and I think that I used to see you a lot more, just kind of out at events when maybe you were coming to Family Guy things or mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And I don't know if you remember this because you're a celebrity, you meet a lot of people, mm-hmm. but we used to have do this thing when we saw each other. And it cracks me up when I think about it, where you and I somehow just naturally fell into this thing where we would see each other and we would instantly go into this very limp Jewish hug. <laughs> where you, and I, you and I would like literally I, rest our heads yeah. on each other's shoulders and we reverted back to our true Jewish uh, blob forms. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that warms me to think about. I, you know, I, I mean, well, uh, so I know both of you guys, I think, even before you know that I know you. Ooh. How about that? Wow. Um, since childhood, I've been following you, too. Um, <laughs> you guys are a couple years older than me, I think. But I've yeah, been five. watching. I've been watching. But I know I am I saw you in the morts. I know oh. I saw... Because like so, Josh, how did that happen? Josh Weinstein, uh, a like a someone you guys have known forever, was yep. my sister's childhood, uh, like like prom date, like his oh her God. boyfriend girlfriend. So I would come to New York to like th- solo arts, and and I think I would watch your guys' show. So I was like watching you guys 
from a long time ago. And then saying, oh, God, I, I'm funnier than that. Yeah, I, I could be a comedian. This is, if this is what passes <laughs> as comedy, then I'm going to be just fine. <laughs> oh, God, well, you so outstriped us at everything we were trying to do. Um, but I, but the limp hug is, that's a really nice, I, I don't, I have no memory of ever meeting you. And so that's what's complicated. <laughs> I just watched you from afar. It was too yeah. much. It was too much. And Goldie, I was, I've always been confused about your name. I really, it's been a real, and I know I'm sure this has been well covered. Me too. But I haven't had a chance to publicly talk to you about how confused I am by how you're known. Yeah, yeah, I've really sort of fucked myself here. <laughs> so in brief, uh, I was doing, I'm not like really trying to hide my name or anything. I My name's Jonathan Goldblatt. I was doing stand up under that name for a year or two. And then I went to this open mic and I got in a fight with a heckler. I got kicked, <laughs> I got banned from the show. And, you know, at that time, stage time was so dear and precious that I, I was like, this is, a, you know, this is a crisis to not be able to do this open mic. Like, I got to figure this out. So I, my friend Dan Steinberg, who since became a rabbi, who was a comic, I I bet him, I said, this the guy who runs this show is so dumb. I bet I could come back next week under a different name and he won't even notice. Yep. And so it was like a $20 bet. And so I picked the name Julius Sharp. Julius was my dad's name. And then Sharp was because I was a fan of Shannon Sharp. So, and I was like, that sounds good. That sounds like interesting. And, and so I did stand up <laughs> under that name. And I found like I really liked not being myself, that it, it <laughs> sort of freed me. And also thinking strategically, like realistically, is anyone ever going to pay money to go see a Jonathan Goldblatt show? <laughs> like people like, I got Jonathan Goldblatt tickets. Like it yeah. just seemed... <laughs> Not a realistic proposition. So I just yeah, started like using Jerry that name. Seinfeld is equally Jewish, but Jerry Seinfeld is so much cooler sounding than Jonathan Goldblatt. Yeah, Jonathan yes. Goldblatt oh, is holy. such a mouthful. Like you go, I'm going to say this name. It's going to take about 20 seconds. You can zone out. And then I come back. You know, like no one knows how to spell it. Everyone thinks Goldblatt is gold black. You know, I, I people are like, does Jonathan have an eight? Like it's so fucking confusing. Yeah. So anyway, I got hired at Kilbourne as a writer, and I figured uh, I'm not really a writer. I don't know what I'm doing. I've never written anything that I would quickly go back, be fired, and go back to stand-up. But then I had been doing stand-up under this name, so I registered Ju Julius Sharp with a guild. But I don't like being called Julius by my mm. friends. I like being called Goldbladder Goldie, which was my whole life. So everyone just called me Goldie. So I've created a huge fucking mess. I don't know a way out of it. And I'm going to die soon enough that it won't matter. <laughs> Thank well, you. I, I, love yes. the, I love the breaking down of the name Goldblatt. <laughs> just like you don't, it sounds like somebody dubbed soup at a car window. Goldblatt. Yeah, it's like Ellis Island. Why did no one just go like, all right, you're not bringing that shit here. Like take, <laughs> take something else. What about a Hall of Fame tight end for a last name? What did you think? Of, uh, <laughs> uh, butt kiss. 
But, yeah. Oh no, he was a. I'm thinking of Ditka. But wait, should, Shannon Sharp. How did you feel about Sterling? It was Shannon. Sharp. I like Sterling Sharp too. I okay. Liked, yeah. I, I just thought it was a strong name. Sure. And I had hair, so it was like realistic that, you know, <laughs> that something might that happen term. for me at that time. But anyway, I, I how did we meet? Because I I yeah. I think I, I just was watching you do stand up in New York. I was just you were through the open mic stage where I was in that open mic stage. Yeah, watching you and thinking about changing my name because <laughs> I only became aware of you, and I decided not to. Marcus Ware. <laughs> <laughs> I only became aware of you when you so quickly passed me that I felt an enormous <laughs> tailwind in my face, and I went, "Oh fuck!" And what is he like? Eight years younger. I'm Nick, I'm and his name is Nick. He's got one syllable on each name. Nick oh. Kroll is Nick a, is a super name. good Clean. name. It's Great a name. very good name. Yeah. Um. And and, and Nick, in doing my uh, research on you mm-hmm. for today, right, but just so you know, my real name was Menachem Fagala, <laughs> <laughs> and I changed it. Menachem Fagala. <laughs> Middle name Zaftig. Yeah. Menachem Zaftig Fagala. Um. But I I learned uh, something I didn't know, which is you grew up in Roy. Yeah. You grew up oh, in yeah, Rye, yeah. New York, which is a, fu- a fun name to say as a Jew, mm-hmm. Rye, New York. I'm from Rye. Rye um, or and Roy? You, you, you grew up, what's that? Rye or Roy? Rye. 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 R-Y-E. Not to be confused with Rye Brook, No, but it's just Rye. Please don't to either town confuse Yeah. Oh, they hate it. Oh, what a rivalry there. There's a bit, by the way, in just... Saying with that nasal Jewish accent, just town names in that area because I'm <laughs> Scottsdale, yeah, Portchester. Yeah. See, I knew he would be better when you when you do the impression. Also, because our listeners can't see it, your lips have the perfect level of wetness. It's and that's selling it too. The four corners in Scottsdale. <laughs> What is it? What? Tell us a little bit about when you when you do that voice, which is so funny. Like, mm-hmm. are you conscious of like what you're doing and not doing to make that voice funny? No air is passing through your nose when you do. I that hope voice. not. I think yeah. if, if, there, if there is something's gone wrong, that would mean I'm <laughs> sleeping soundly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not waking myself up a hundred times, which I'm not. I. What's interesting is Rye. Um, uh, Westchester, West, it's f- like what Rye is a pretty waspy town. It's like not that. Um, it's like kind of which I think somehow informs who I ended up being, which is like obviously as as the first, let's say what how, however many minutes, fifteen minutes have been pretty Jewish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and my town, I'm my I come from a Jewish house, but my town is uh, incredibly not. It's it's sort of just waspy. So like feeling very Jewy and like a, a ultimately very waspy town. And then but then surrounding it and where I grew up, like Andrews from White Plains. <laughs> is that how you two found each other? Is is we went we met it? a Jewish day school. We met uh, in called Solomon Schechter. Oh, uh, I've heard of that. Yeah, oh, that's very good. It's a very important franchise in the conservative <laughs> Jewish day school community. <laughs> but they <laughs> changed the name. It's weird. They have another name of the school now. Um, Menachem Begin. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, honestly, it's just New York area. You just kind of, it all, for Armisen does the best bit of breaking down like New York accents. I love that. It's so, it's yeah, really, Bronx. 
Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's he's kind of not actually changing the <laughs> the New York accent. It's just an attitude inside of it. Yeah. Um, but God, I love so- I love his one of doing Upper West Side. He goes medical condition, medical <laughs> condition. <laughs> just the words he uses. It's the funniest. So, so I think it's some of that. It's a lot of sports radio. I feel like it's a lot. Of, like when I go home, and I don't know if you guys feel this when you go back to whatever fucking cesspool, Boston, <laughs> Boston yeah, whatever, area. whatever mud mud shtetl that you you come from. <laughs> um, uh, Boston, right? So you hear those accents on like sports radio, and it, there's something weirdly so familiar and comforting inside of it that you, you know what I mean? It, it's very. I totally agree. Yeah. You know? Totally agree with that. And um, now you talk about sports radio because we're, we're victims of that in our in our area as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I believe, are, are you also a Mets fan? I am. See, oh, this wow, confuses this row. confuses me no end because because I seem I, like we, a winner. Right. You look like a winner. You seem like a winner. And I I am confused why people in the New York area choose to be Mets fans. So tell me, how did your Mets fandom come to you? I mean, I just come up perfectly. I'm I'm eight years old in '86, so I have oh. I get I hit baseball at like four or five in those two years leading up, where it's like strawberry and good in '84, and then by '86, it's the best team in the history of sports. Yeah. Right. I'm eight. My parent, my dad has tickets and I go to games. I go to three playoff games in that 86 run, including game six. Oh, wow. You best. Uh, I'm also at game two. So I'm, I'm, uh, as everybody knows, I'm a huge Wally Backman fan. <laughs> That's as everyone knows. I was a little, I was already a little guy and playing short and second. And so like Wally Backman was my guy. Mm-hmm. So I was at game two of that series when Tim Tuffle, and so I hated Tim Tuffle because he was the he was the right handed option, and he was like, and he was the Tuffle shuffle, and like, yeah. you know, famous error, famous error in game yeah. two, I think, which is, and and they lose one nothing in that yep. game, yeah, uh, and then I go back for game six oh, you uh, with bastard. my brother and my like aunt and uncle take us, and they, I don't know, anyway, so I was at that game, and I was at a couple one or one or two games of that Houston series with against like Mike Scott and Nolan Ryan right before that. Yeah, so that was unbelievable. That, Did so you that, go to the long one or was that one in Houston? I remember one of them went like one 17 of, innings. Yes, I can't remember if that was it, but there was a, but it was the, I, it was the game that like Dykstra hits a home run to win it. I don't know if it's the 17th, but like win, it hits a home run oh. to like win the game. So it was like yeah. a, that magical season was like, I was eight years old coming. Right? And he's a great guy too. Yeah, Dykstra, Dykstra. <laughs> yeah. Dykstra and Backman. It turns out Wally Backman then like is one of the first guys to he gets the job like like to manage the Diamondbacks, and then it just comes out like pre-me too, like historically bad guy that gets <laughs> that gets like like loses the job, gets hired and then loses the job before wow. he even takes it because of what his comes up. I think so. That was my guy. Dykstra it taught me to eat pussy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the old way, Shay was one of the great, like, horrible uh, experiences where uh, my, I mean, I remember the first time I was there, there was like a cyclone of garbage blowing around the field. And when someone <laughs> would hit a home run, they would half inflate this apple, because I guess it's the big apple, but it, it just 
was reminiscent of someone trying and failing to get an erection. Like it, it just would like kind of go up and then, yeah. <laughs> then go, you know, I've Very had one too many it. scotches. I've been sorry. <laughs> yeah. We can still just get rail scotch at a game. <laughs> uh, it was Harry M. Stevens was the, was the actual, was the, uh, the vendor and it was, oh. uh, and it was Royal Crown Cola. Oh, the worst. Okay. The worst, oh, no. the worst RC cola, the worst of the colas. <laughs> well, by, by the way, this is the best uh, story of how someone became a Mets fan say, that yeah. I've heard. Because yes. I feel like when I talk to other people who are Mets fans and ask them the same question, they say, this life chose me. My yeah. dad handed yes. it down, my grandfather. But for you to say I was in the midst of this magic of 86 at yeah. this certain age, that makes a lot of sense. Because the Yankees kind of stunk then. In yeah, the, the, Yankees, the Yankees were garbage. It was it was easy to be a Mets fan at that particular moment. And also my dad, my dad was a grew up in Queens and was a Giants fan. And when they moved out west, he sort of went towards them. He went towards the Mets. Yeah, because he couldn't uh, couldn't in good conscience root for the Yankees. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Let me ask, because we were on the flip side of this. And I feel like that World Series shaped my personality and me made too. me sort of a cynic bad vibes yeah uh <laughs> hard to be around like loser you're putting like, it on the, that you're putting it on that yeah yeah i am uh more than your last name being gold but, okay <laughs> it's the whole package but did you did that make you feel like oh things will always work out and you just gotta try like did it give you a positive outlook on life it, i mean you know look my dad had season tickets to the fucking Mets. It was not hard to have like a positive outlook on life mm -hmm. at that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. it's been an easy, it's been an easy look for me to have a positive outlook on life. Mm -hmm. yes. But in this particular case, it did until 88 when it's the, it's the Mets are playing the Dodgers. It's the Kirk Gibson run with like yep. Oral Hershiser and all those cats, <laughs> you know, those cats, oh, those cool cats, <laughs> Oral Hershiser, one of the coolest cats, coolest cats. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like the Mike Pence of athlete. Oh totally. 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 Uh, well, like, didn't go to the minors, went to a conversion Therapy. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> yeah. So, he, um, so that season, the Mets lose to the Dodgers, and it's over. Like it's truly immediately over. Yep. And I, I kind of remember like crying when the Mets lost the Dodgers that year, and and thinking, and being like, I don't like this feeling of like a team like being so sad when a team like loses something. Yeah. And I think I started to pull a bit away uh of from like getting super like like bummed out by a team yeah. you know what yeah. i mean i yes. was like right. less invested that's smart that's smart i mean and goldie's right that's shaped that certainly shaped me to that 86 world series yeah. and everything the, will be taken away from you always yeah was the message <laughs> well it was such an interesting year for boston sports because the 86 celtics were one of the best teams in nba history and mm -hmm. like watching them and but then that was hey, it. you don't have to tell him he's larry bird I am Lab. literally, I am, <laughs> yeah, never during the Celtics years. It's always, I'm, I'm really focused on the early Larry, Larry, <laughs> but with, and so, but then you guys have this weird thing. Cause I have my Boston friends and was in New York when all of a sudden the Red Sox win. And then that's a big formation for your adulthood that you're like, your team doesn't print. No, it's like, it's imprinted losing like disappointment is too imprinted. 
Well, it was too late. For it me, was it was late. like, oh, thank God, now I don't have to care anymore. Yeah. And then I was <laughs> yeah. able to drop it. Yeah. 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 Well, also, it, 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 for me, it just felt like it was awesome. And honestly, it was the, you know, the Pats really kind of right. started that whole thing. But then when there, there's a, there's sort of a popular trend in Boston to feel like as great as 2004 was when we came back against the Yankees and finally won the World Series, that, everything kind of changed like our identity changed like the identity of the lovable losers or the hateable losers yeah was was gone and then we didn't know who to be right um mm-hmm. so it was just a it was a weird sort of spot in our yeah that's our that's what, but but you're saying both of you guys are like no 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 i'm st- i'm still a pessimist because like <laughs> like it's too it's it, the grooves of disappointment were too deep to overcome as like yeah. the 21st century Boston becomes like a real winning city. Yes, and also there there are so many ways in which like our loser personality can take over even a winning streak where there are ways within that to mm-hmm. be like it's not going to last. Oops, this guy <laughs> got injured, it's over. The yeah, you know, Spygate, yeah. forget it. 2007, <laughs> you know, any everything comes along to kind yeah. of kind yeah. of ruin it. Um but Nick, I see like um, on your Instagram, which is always uh, fun to look at, like you, you will often post hilarious pictures of yourself as a child. And you mm-hmm. always seem to be like in a sport coat surrounded by your siblings with this <laughs> devilish <laughs> smile and look yeah. on your face. And you just look like to me when I look at you, I, I, I get jealous of that because I feel like you had a very happy childhood growing up. Is that the case? I think in the grand scheme of things, for sure. And it's sort of what I was referring to earlier of like uh, looking positive. Yeah, I got I got dealt a real good uh, hand of like, I'm the youngest of four. And yep. uh, those are all like pictures from various, all four bar and bat mitzvahs, sort of. Yes, you know I, I mean, um, which you get that. I think it's partly because my, actually my parents didn't, there wasn't a lot of like pictures taken or there's or video taken of us in regular time. So especially as a fourth, there's just like less pictures. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so um, those bar mitzvah pictures end up being like the highest quality resolute and, and they, and they do just tell like such a fucking beautiful story. Um, And uh, so, yeah, no, I had a, but I had a happy, like, yeah, I had like a nice, nice family and, and I was the last one. And so I could just be like a little, and and so you growing up in in this uh, conservative Jewish family in Rye, mm-hmm. um, what kind of stuff like made you laugh as a kid? What kind of comedy were you into as a child? You know, I'd say like the early seasons of Family Guy. Nah, <laughs> stop it! You're not that much younger. <laughs> um, I mean, we want like it, the Mel Brooks obviously is like just massive for like yep. for me it was. And we had top. I'm thinking of the VHSs we had. We yes. had we we had. I think we had we had History of the World. We had Blazing Saddles. Eventually, we get the producers, which becomes like massively important to me. Much more more than almost more than almost all of it from Mel Brooks. Wow. Then, um, and then Top Secret. We had a yes. VHS, Top Secret underrated which, underrated comedy. It, it's worth it if you can go back and watch it. You know, go spend a couple hours. I know you got a lot of free time. Go watch all of Top Secret. <laughs> yes. <laughs> By the way, it's like one million bits. Like one, there's a, a oh. joke every three seconds at yes. least. It's like it's there's a gag constantly. Uh, that was big. And then it was like me and Andrew 
watch those stuff, but we also watched like Wayne's World came out when we were like 13, 12, oh, wow. 13, like the perfect age for, for that. that. And we would like, did you like when you were watching Wayne's World and they held out the yellow pills on the black and white screen yeah. and said Nuprin, little yellow different. I like <laughs> lost my shit. I was like yeah. a Beatle maniac woman, <laughs> like standing yeah. up and screaming. Like that was the single funniest <laughs> moment of my life yeah. till that point. <laughs> it's and and then the pizza. I mean, or it's I don't know if it's Domino's or pizza, yeah. but he he yeah. yeah, it's like it was mind blowing at that moment. And yeah, um you can make fun of a commercial. Yeah, <laughs> inside of it. <laughs> Well, you, it's funny that you say Wayne's World because you, uh, you have what a quality that Mike Myers had when he was on Saturday Night Live, which is, I used to say about Mike Myers on Saturday Night Live, he can walk across the stage and not say anything and I'm laughing. Mm. And he, he has this sort of like, it's almost like, and, and apparently I, I've never really met him, but apparently he's not exactly like this in real life, but he had this sort of joy to him when he was performing that I think you have as well. So do you think that watching people like Mike Myers, like Dana Carvey, um, yeah. that, like that, that influenced you in terms of like how you perform? For sure. I mean, I think also the, the relationship Wayne and Garth became, has been like a various versions and I've played, ver, I've played Wayne and Garth. Like back then it was, I was Wayne and Andrew was Garth. Right. right, like, right. Um, but then in like, <laughs> You know, like in Oh Hello or different partnership collaborations I've had, I the, that power dynamic status changes a lot. But it's always a lot. A lot of my stuff has ended up being some version of that. Yeah, uh, cool. um, of two well, people a- from the same world, but of different statuses who are driving everything. That relationship is sort of driving everything. But but yeah, I mean, and then and then I I mean I remember I had the Wayne's World. Did you guys have the Wayne's World book? like that I had in my bathroom for years. No, no. So there was like a Wayne's World, like, you know, it was Mike and Rob, his wife at the time, you know, who was wife throughout that, you know, for many years. They, I remember they wrote it together and it was like a weird little handbook. And I, it was like curled on my, in my bathroom for like yeah. three <laughs> years from like 11 to, you know, 14. That's and so in the great. back, it was like, he was filling out a form, Wayne was, and one of them was like, like occupation and it was international man of mystery oh, and then, like oh and then you know and then he follows up with austin powers and i was like yeah ah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes, I know, did I know other people you. think you guys were funny or were you just cracking each other up and people were like what what's with these nerds <laughs> i think we we were definitely the the entertainment like when we were providing entertainment, whether it was well received or not, is up. <laughs> but we were, we we put our we put our flag down that we were we were going to be there to to do some stuff. Can, but we, can we, I? It's like the Porum show, the Porum talent show as, <laughs> yes. as yeah. Wayne and Garth. Don't and say Heyman. Yeah, then, yeah, exactly. Uh, Rob Lowe, I guess, would be Heyman in the Wayne's World. Yes, story. that's right. <laughs> Can I tell a brief Mike Myers story that I've never told on please, this podcast? Please. So wow. I was a page at NBC and Mike Myers right. came back to SNL and they said, like, you know, you can escort him from the freight elevator. And then if he needs anything, that you'll be the one to bring it to him for the week. So he arrives with his cool. wife. Yeah, well, cool. yeah. so he arrives with his wife and he says, uh, we both have a a blood condition or whatever that um, we need a different type of red meat every 45 minutes. 
So if you could go get us like a steak or bacon or lamb chops. And so the entire week I would have to go down. There was like a nice steakhouse at, at the base of 30 rock. Every 45 minutes, I'd have to go down and get like a chop, a filet mignon, a sirloin strip. And I would put it in their dressing room and they would take like one bite. And then I was so broke at the time that like at the end of the night, I was like, okay, I'm going to cut the other end off. I'm just like wolfing down all the leftover meat from their dressing room. Were there, were they like, did they have a dog that they didn't want? Like what was, like, did they, were they really eating? Yeah. Were they really? I don't know because- First of all, the the, the backstory of like a, like a blood thing, like you don't have to tell me that. Yeah. And and then if you both have it, how rare is it? And why would you? But like the whole thing was so fucking crazy. I was like, is this a joke? Yeah. Or were they eating it? Were there pieces? No, were- they were taking like one bite, and so I was like eating, you know, wow. like twelve steaks at the end of the night because I was so first, hungry. At first, Garbage. I thought they were fucking with you, but now I think they were doing it to feed you. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe that, maybe it was- that may be that may be. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I didn't want to hijack. I just, I didn't know that I'd ever get to tell that little story. Yeah, that really, I would say like NBC's putting faith in you. They're like, Goldblatt can handle it. Goldblatt can handle the, the meat situation. The Mike Myers memorandum. Yeah. And I did. I mean, I was, you know, I was of service. I was sure. a yeah. good little Hashtag. helper. And that's, your act, that's your love language is acts of service for Mike yes. Myers. Know, Bringing oh. clamshells of meat. Yes. His love language is garbage matter. Mouthing leftovers. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, Gary Janetti uh, yeah, told us that term, garbage mouthing, from when he was a waiter. <laughs> so, you, Nick, you brought up a couple things um, in talking about what you watched growing up that mm-hmm. I, that I want to ask you about. So, Mel Brooks, and obviously in my household as well, I mean, mm-hmm. in many Jewish households, he was absolutely the king. But you got a chance to work with Mel Brooks yes. uh, on History of the World Part Two. So what what was that like? Had you met him before? And and what was it like working with him? I'm now sorry. I'm now kicking myself that we didn't call History of the World Part Two. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right this moment. I like how fucking if we had called. <laughs> True. Part do like that would have been that. Anyway, sorry, you're you're halfway to, I'm now, to a joke. I'm genuinely already. kind of like I'm a little pissed. We'll give but, you uh, just change it, that on the streaming service. It's not yeah. hard. It's uh, I'll go into I'll talk to Hulu product. Um, uh, it was cr- it was amazing. It was like it was. I mean, it's the it was the most surreal thing I think I've dealt with in my career of it, which is just being like truly being like, you know, getting the call to be like, hey, do you want to do this with with Mel, and then talking about it, and sort of throughout the process having him involved, and then like he narrates the show and sort of kind of directing him trying to direct Mel Brooks over, you know, like doing all the narration and him being so funny and smart and collaborative. And then also very funny when he was like, no, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying that, you know, and you're like, fair enough. And, you know, because he, yeah, it's, it was, it was really a trip really. Yeah. That's quite an honor and yeah. uh, something that, you know, that's that's the kind of thing that when you tell your parents about it, they're like, oh, you know, because- well, he, that was that was literally so I was in I was in Rye at my parents house when we were recording him and my dad got to sit in the in the like the office listening to me talk to Mel Brooks and getting, you know what I mean? It was like that was and then they sort wow. of met over Zoom at the end and it, that that was really cool. 
Yeah, uh, that's a my dad. My, by the way, my dad hated Mel Brooks, so it was sort of an <laughs> trying to keep him away from. Me. He was a more of like a, he, was, he was sort of like more of like a Dick Van Dyke kind of. Anyway, it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious is that true your dad was sort of more no, no. okay that was, so funny. that was so funny i couldn't remember the name but someone named andy is who i'm the, i can't remember the name last andy name. rooney yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my dad thought that andy rooney was comedy he never thought Mel Brooks. <laughs> well but it's what interesting. happened to stamps <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever happened to stamps um but yeah, because I can I can totally relate to that thing where my my Jewish mother is very proud of me, but has never watched Family Guy, has never listened to this podcast, has never seen Ted, but will tell everyone that she meets about how my son does Family Guy, my son does Ted. Like she doesn't want to deal with what it is. But it's, so yeah. I wonder if your parents were sort of like looking at your stuff like Captain Underpants. I'm not watching that. <laughs> yeah, the, the the I mean, it's not for me. You know, like well, my mom's very good and my mom's very supportive and also will watch stuff. But then there there are there's definitely things that she'll she'll just be like, well, it's not for me. And I think like even Big Mouth goes very far. Yes. A lot of it's like in in the jokes and where we kind of. And so there's some stuff that there's just like, how could a, you know, an 80 year old person <laughs> to- right. tolerate the, the yeah. level of filth? So. Yeah. Uh, but very su- always supportive and and like I don't know if you'll have this, but my my dad or mom will be like my dental hygienist, I guess knows who you are, you know. And you're yeah. like, I wonder how that came up. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. My mom still to this day has Family Guy DVDs in the trunk of her car. <laughs> like if ever she meets someone who expresses really? any level of That's interest sweet. in it, she'll like but run she, out to her does car. Does she and really not watch? Does she really? No, she she really doesn't because she's very she's a delicate hothouse flower. You know, a fifties uh, Bobby Soxer to the core. Like okay. so, her whole life is like Blueberry Hill, and everything is very traditional. And so, to hear any jokes about you know ejaculation or you know anything that's irreverent, it's she really bristles at that. But she loves that people, other people like it. Yeah, so my mom kind of just thinks I work at Fleet Bank. <laughs> I didn't even tell her I do this. It's, what's the point? Okay. I don't want to deal with it. Hey, by the way, congrats. And it's and a better we, job than this. Actually, yeah, dude. <laughs> Goldie, wasn't that you singing? Wasn't that you singing that one bank thing to one? That was you me. Too? Yes. Yeah, I thought yeah. so. Um, <laughs> but so, uh, Nick, the other thing you mentioned uh, in talking about, you know, sort of the dynamic of of two person performances was, oh, hello, which was hilarious, by the way, so funny. So you met uh, John Mulaney when you guys were both at Georgetown. Is this yeah. this is right? And so. T- Tell me a little bit about how that friendship de- developed. I got John addicted to cocaine. Oh, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> when he got to Georgia and I was a senior night and I, he was, had never done anything, no drugs, no alcohol, no nothing. <laughs> and I bring him in. I said, if you want to join the improv group, if you want to do comedy, you got to, you got to abuse 
no. substances. And he said, I don't want to. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to do this to you. <laughs> and he never looked back. No, he never looked back. No. Um, uh, and then the student became the, the teacher. Yeah. He was corrupted yeah. by that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, yeah, he went, he went to Georgetown. Oh, I was a senior and he was a freshman. And also our friend Jacqueline Novak was the same year as him was really talented, funny comedian. Uh, uh, who's got a, yeah. got a great show that is about to come out. Uh, and uh, and then the guy, there are people before me, also like Boston, a bunch of Boston folks who, uh, Berbiglia. And when I think of my Boston friends experiencing the Red Sox winning, it's like Conrad Mulcahy, Brian Donovan, if you can believe it, they're both from the Boston area. Yeah, wow, uh, funny. <laughs> um, were like, they, they were my eyes into that like 2004 Red Sox comeback against the Yankees, like at a bar in the West Village. I remember going to like, there's a bar in Leroy, like Leroy and 7th Ave-ish. There was like, I think a Boston-ish bar that like everyone would go to watch the games at. And right. uh, anyway, so I go to school with all them and start doing improv there. And then John uh my last year and his first year and then he starts coming to new york throughout you know and and then moves to new york and we started doing pretty quickly i was hosting a show called welcome to our week with jesse klein who i yes we both oh, yeah. know in various ways but like so you know goldie like she and i i met her uh on my way to like my second open mic at the parkside lounge which i'm assuming you went to did you know that one with like Joey yeah i did i Marco. i mean you know that. Yeah. One. Yeah. So so I met Jesse. I'm walking down Houston and this girl in front of me trips uh <laughs> and and on the street and I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to go tell everyone you tripped." And she's like, "Don't tell anybody. It's a real kind of meet cute New York moment." <laughs> and I then stop at Cats to eat a bunch of hot dogs, natural casing hot dogs <laughs> before I go to uh the Parkside to sign up for that open mic, which I don't, it's probably still the same deal, which is with generally which is like you sign up and then they pick all the names out of a hat and like you could be like second or you could be like 45th yeah and and i and i walk into the park side and and jesse is this girl that cute girl who tripped on the street is there and uh and we uh she leaves because she's 45th and she tells me she's like i'm gonna i'm practicing because i'm going to this place called luna lounge which i had never you know it's like yeah yeah that was my way to hear about like loot you know where you're like and i go to see her there and i think it was like roseanne's first comeback and sarah silverman was there i was like i can't i couldn't believe all the jewesses the beautiful <laughs> funny jewesses before me um but uh we host a couple of years later host the show welcome to our week you know eugene and bobby just started uh invite them up on thursdays at rafifi you know so it's like that period where we started doing a lot of shows there and and then she moves to LA to she got a job writing on that. Um and David Spade's like Yeah. Minute. That's what I, I was on that. The showbiz was, show. The yeah. showbiz show. Sorry, the showbiz show. Yes. This is post Kilborn. This is a post Kilborn Goldie Julius. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is I had fallen into basic cable and I was <laughs> <laughs> my dark my dark period. <laughs> right. <laughs> Your dark night of the soul. Lasted from the age from the moment the Red Sox lost in the You guys don't understand. I'm a network <laughs> writer. I, this is not permanent. <laughs> yeah. Uh and we uh and then so she leaves for LA and then John and I take up John. I was like, Do you want to come and do the host this Thursday night show with me? And he's like, yeah. And we were like, we could do it as stand-ups, but we had started talking to each other 
as like these oh hello guys like yeah. it was yeah. you know we'd started just being like you want to do cocaine what do you want to get <laughs> and um and so we start hosting this show weekly as those guys and drinking tuna teenies and uh <laughs> and, and then we you know moved on to different things and i i when i got kroll show we started doing oh hello on kroll show and to yeah. our shock because we th- we were trying to get into like a- we were trying to get into comedy festivals like we tried to get into aspen with that show a live show and they were like it's too new york and it was like if it's <laughs> too new york for the aspen comedy festival where it's a bunch of comedians and old rich leather cowboy jews <laughs> yeah. like who have moved to aspen you know like that version of a jew like those mountain rich mountain jews yeah they're desperately <laughs> attempting to shed like, their judaism yeah like i'm ralph loren you know what i mean like, you're, like, you're ralph my, lipschitz yeah yeah come to my ranch I I did. I was once in 2003, a in the Fresh Faces showcase. So you can imagine like who would call that this a fresh face. But I just I just remember uh, looking out in the audience and about 30 percent of the people were wearing mink coats. And I was like, this is really fucking weird. The salt of the earth, but not too much salt. Thank you. Too much salt. Uh, And then we that is my Kroll show ends and. Uh, Mulaney was doing the hit sitcom Mulaney had just uh, ended. <laughs> we were both kind of like, what are we going to do now? And we were like, maybe we could do a live show with those guys. And and it's sort of such started. a great idea. So how did that, but I mean, how do you go from maybe we could do this to getting a theatrical run? I mean, um, we, I think we, um, so we started doing it in LA for the, the, the loosest of concept. It was the, kind of the most organic building of a show, but in, I think, I, or for me it was super it was like the first time we did it it was it was a two it was like as if we were testifying we were self-representing a murder trial uh, <laughs> that we had killed someone with too much tuna like because it was <laughs> we did it as like pleading our case but our case was like, we were like cool like stealing <laughs> and like and we, like and so certain things started to stick around. It was like, oh, maybe it's not like we're not, you know, self-representing that it's like a play slowly. we So we had like a very loose outline over like six or eight shows at, at UCB in LA that we then sort of built a script for to do it. Uh, we did one night at UCB in New York and Alex Timbers directed our show and came in, and then started to like join and watch it. Um, and we started to form it into what then became like a, a sprawling thing at the Cherry Lane Theater, uh, where we did like a three or four week run. Um, and and throughout the show, kept honing it and then took it on tour around the country. We do like five nights in Boston uh, at the Wilbur. Not a big deal. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, real work. <laughs> better, better than the Wang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a great. That theater is really. Spe- there's like the the bones to that theater is a great theater to do. It's awesome. So we would do. We would did that in a, a four or five cities around the country, and then sort of had a a show that we then brought you know to to Broadway, and then but really didn't finish writing it, like locking the script on it, like until basically the week we finished the show and then shot it as a Netflix special. Like we, the third act, we kind of kept writing on stage every night. <laughs> and, you know, that's cool. 
you know, because the third act is insane. It's that like Gil yes. gets married to Lisa the raccoon. It's like it's right. like <laughs> nonsense. Um, so, uh, but it was lovely nonsense. It was you. so so great, and you you two are so great in it. I just I really loved that that whole thing happened. It's one of those things that I I watched the Netflix special and and like I was just so happy that. I'm so glad this comedy got presented to yes. everybody and and people loved it like it it just across the board you we know, could my, you and I could be the touring company for that show that's right. <laughs> that's right. you really could you really do have you actually genuinely could you have George Hill uh, you have the right shape we could true west it we could do one night yeah we, we our understudies on Broadway were in the playbill where John Hamm and John Slattery were <laughs> um but it's we don't we we to be frank we we need the 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 circular shapes of Julius to really for Goldie like it's it was not true like one of those two guys could have played uh, George you know what right. I mean yeah. yeah but there's no you need more re- a lack of edges <laughs> that a Jewish face presents yeah absolute lack of edges for, on a Jewish face for, for Gilfaisam for Gilfaisam. <laughs> Oh my God! I've never heard a Jewish face described like that. So perfect. It's a, um, it's it's the truth. So that was an absolute triumph comedically. Like that's one of those things where yeah. you know people the in the most comedy- fun thing I think I'll ever. Oh, oh that's nice yeah, to hear. I, I when I was doing it, I I think I think I knew, and I think John knew to some extent. Like, oh, this might be the most. This might be the most fun thing. The con 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 confluence of everything that would be cool and fun and yeah, it well downhill from here it was quite Aww. a con 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 and then and then the last night i was like john i know you haven't done cocaine in a while but <laughs> yes. i love it so uh, you're, the, you're the little devil on his shoulder yeah. just like those pictures of you at the bomb it's yeah yeah <laughs> you heard it here first well that was something i and i can say that like and i i think i count goldie in this as well like we're you know we're in comedy and oftentimes people in comedy Love to hate things that are popular in comedy, but that was can't, oh hello was with that. absolutely hate proof. It was just oh, joy. So thank you, thank you, it, thank thank you. you for that. That um, that's very kind. Unhateable. That's my quote. For yeah, the, that's my poll quote. <laughs> in every way. Um, I would know. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, we've talked about oh hello. We talked about working with the legend Mel Brooks. Now I want to talk about another absolute. Jewish comedy legend who you got to work with on one of my favorite comedy shows of all time. You were on Curb. Uh-huh. Um, what what kind of an experience was that for you? Because I'm I'm not even having any working kind of relationship with Larry David. I'm terrified of him, but I think he's hilarious. Yes. So what was your experience <laughs> like on that show? Uh, it was great. I mean, he luckily I had done the league and uh created by jeff and jackie schaefer and jeff schaefer as yes. you guys know through uh, years is is like had gone from seinfeld with berg and mandel and then over to curb and then becomes like larry's guy largely at curb i mean those other i, mean, I was fuck those fucking other two guys mandel shaper till i die shaper till i die <laughs> that would be so funny if there was just like anyway, so um but so he J- jeff um 
I do the league. And so inside of that, I then get to know the Larry kind of through Jeff in, in sort of certain social and other things. And then eventually Larry plays future Ruxin, my character uh, on the show. And like the last season, like I have a, I meet future self. And right. so, and then Ruxin sort of functioned in sort of like the curb bits that got rejected. Like Jeff would bring him over to the league, I guess, the, <laughs> and 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 sort of serve some of those like kind of very Kirby, like no, what do you what are you talking? You know, so yeah, 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 character, yeah. my character got some of those bits. Um, so by the time I do it, I sort of I, I had had known him enough to be not like, oh my fucking god, I can't believe I'm doing this. Um, yeah. And it was incredibly fun. And it's he's a, but Larry's a great laugher. I don't know if people sort I've of heard this about him. Yeah, he's, he's so in in when you do bits with him, he gives it up. So it's yeah. not like if you're like dealing with him, like at a medical facility, I'm, I'm sure it's not quite the same. <laughs> I'm sure it's not yeah. quite as like loose and fun. But when you're doing medical a bit condition. with him, either like in in the world or in a at a, at a in 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 comedy context he's a good laugher and so you f- he makes you feel good so oh, then that's you awesome can, and you can have fun and i and i got to do a kind of real classic curb they gave me a nice classic curb bit of like the mater d at the restaurant that has the ugly section yeah <laughs> such a great curb yeah thing. so it's just, a- it was a real they they set me up nicely to have fun and but i you know it was like ted danson's there and and uh, who I didn't, I mean, I had met, but didn't know. And, and Richard Lewis was there briefly and, yeah. uh, and Susie, who's the funniest and Jeff, it was just like, you know, I got to fucking, it was the, it's, it was very fun. The full so, of experience. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, Mel Brooks and Larry David, and then you've also worked with Kyrie Irving. Yes. Which, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I want to talk to you about uncle Drew. Cause I loved this movie and i remember watching i think i believe i tweeted out like it was near the oscar nominations i was like this is the best movie i saw this year and (laughs) you know i think we're all huge nba fans and i'm just wondering like what was it like to be on that set uh to be in that movie and to work with those athletes it was so fun it was like i was like hey do you want to play the bad guy in an movie you know like the villain in the movie where it's like uncle drew which that had been that viral videos that Kyrie had done dressed up as like an old guy baller yeah like who would go to playgrounds and and like show up and 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 it was legit it was very funny like it was was... very funny and 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 you're watching like you know Kyrie is an old man it's it's (laughs) talking shit he's funny and it's great so they make the movie of it and and they were like do you want to play opposite all these guys you know, I knew Lil Rel and then, but then it was like, you want to fuck with Reggie Miller and Shaq and yeah. Chris, uh, Chris Weber, Chris Weber and Lisa Leslie and, yeah. um, uh, you know, all these, you know, Nate Robinson, Nate, Nate. It was Nate Robinson. It was just like this and every, so it was like, yeah. And I got to go down to Atlanta and play, it was Rucker Park, but in Atlanta. And I got to like fucking play, and watch and talk shit to all of the including reggie miller who is another like i was a knicks fan obviously and Mm -hmm. am now again this season now that they're they were good 
uh, <laughs> you're back. abandoning them for a year. Yeah, you're abandoned back. the Knicks. Uh, <laughs> but this last year, I was like, I love the Knicks. So, um, <laughs> but I was because I would go to those games. I went to a few of those games, including the Reggie Miller Knicks game where he drops all that. those point chokes. And what they don't oh, show a lot is he grabs. He at one point like looks at Spike Lee and is like fucking suck my dick like <laughs> uh, i say that as much yeah that was the 90s uh yeah and so <laughs> i got to be the bad guy coach and talk shit at reggie oh like, you know what i mean like awesome. on the yeah. court so like and and i and and it's great it's great it's a great like, move it's and kyrie's a fucking good actor like he's good as they're as, all good they're yeah. they're all i mean that's the thing is i wonder if there's some benefit to just being in front of big crowds for 82 games a year if you pick up interviews some kind of showmanship that then applies but watching them up close do you think you could get in an nba game and score i so i do i mean there's look okay so in that movie (laughs) there's two moments there was a moment where I was like, you know, I'm the I'm I'm the coach of the other team, but I I in, we both enter the game. Surprise! Yeah. And I decide <laughs> I was like, I'm going to call out. I'm going to d up Uncle Drew. You know what I mean? And I so yeah. I played deep. I tried to play defense against Kyrie, and I and I was like, I held my own for a period of time. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, yeah. like in a, a, to me, an impressive way where I was like, I he did not immediately run right past me, and so like I'll take that as a victory. And then he blew past me and dunked. And, <laughs> and I did score on a breakaway and I could feel Kyrie coming up behind me and, and did not, he did swat. not swat my layup out yeah. away. Oh, that's nice like, of him. I was, no, he wanted to. Like oh, I really, oh, really yeah, wanted yeah. You <laughs> shielded him. You Thank shielded you for, him. for clarifying. Yeah, but I was like on my left side and went up to, I was wow. like, I'm not going up with the left hand. I was like, I am not, you know what I mean? I was like, yeah. I wish I could go up with the left, but I'm not going to. Uh, and it was the most, but I then had to try to hit, like there's a moment in the movie where I'm supposed to hit a, a shot. And I was like, oh, be funny if I okay. hit a, ton, a sky hook and say Vanilla yeah. Sky. <laughs> so i pitched that to them they're like let's do it but a sky hook is hard an incredibly hard shot to make yeah. i'm only like two feet from the basket but i'm trying to like and i'm not hitting i'm not hitting that i'm like take after take i'm not hitting the sky hook <laughs> right so i go like vanilla sky each time over and over <laughs> and i finally hit it and that was like we broke for lunch and that was the day that i felt like I was like, oh, they don't want to eat lunch with me today. Like, I, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't hit it. Oh my god! And I will tell, yeah. So there, so the end of the movie, it's. I'm, I hope I'm not ruining it for anybody. No, everybody's been Please waiting. Don't. I know yeah. Uncle Drew's first on everybody's queue right now. Yes, right now. <laughs> Next thing it up. should be. Spoiler it's funny. It's it's I'll a great movie. Yeah. So there's a moment at the end where you know, like, Rel's the good guy and the bad guy, and. And I block, it's like the whole story is like, as like, like 12 year olds, I block his shot and it like changes the trajectory of our lives, you know? And he, so he's got a spot up and hit a three and Reggie Miller's like, oh, it should be, you know what? It'd be awesome. It's a step back, you know, which is like a nice thought if you're an NBA player, but if you're like (laughs) me or Lil Rel, like a step back three is not the easiest thing to just like, yeah. So I'm supposed, he's supposed to pump fake. I'm supposed to jump up fail jump the block the and, and then he steps back and hits a three and can't we do one take and then it's like 500 extras everybody watching everybody oh, no. watching oh. and it was like let's even if he doesn't hit it storm the the you know storm the court everybody celebrates 
So he steps back, he misses the first three. Everyone storms the court and you have to reset because they he did not hit it. Right. He doesn't hit the second one. He doesn't, it goes on for a while and he cannot hit three. Poor thing. Oh my God. And you can feel all of, and like the NBA players, like advice at one point is like, they're just like, they come up and they're like, hey man, uh, just hit it. <laughs> Great coaching. I mean? There's just not, there's, there's no like, yeah, there's no practical <laughs> advice. No, it's just like, like just hit the use your legs, break. you know, strain yeah. your yeah. arms. <laughs> yeah, like you know what? I just think if you from your legs a little more, you know, like yeah, exactly. No, just hit it. Just fucking hit the <laughs> shot. Uh, it was. I felt terrible felt, for. Yeah. How many takes? Do you remember? It was. I don't want to sell Rel out. Okay. But it was Definitely. a lot of takes, <laughs> and um. But he got it. He eventually got it. He eventually hits it. He bang- yeah, they just CGI that. Did they bank it in? The bank is open. Oh. <laughs> he banked it in. I believe it's the take that's in the movie. That's oh right. Uh, <laughs> There's nothing wrong yeah. with a bank shot. There's really nothing. Yeah, wrong you know a bank three. You know everything. <laughs> called it. Called yes. it. Uh, yeah. Called it. Maybe oh, yes. that's great. Uh, um, I guess I'll, I'll tell this. You guys can tell me whether we should cut this out or okay. not. Okay. Uh, but uh, now that I've sold out Rel, thank you so long, I made a three. <laughs> I'm looking, at, so the couple of extras who were like kind of the star extras, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. One of them looked like Tupac and like he had a buddy and they were like the, cause it was like multiple days where we were all there. Nate Robinson stole the mic at one point. There was like a guy, a, a, a great guy who was emceeing the entire, he MCs the, like, you know, like Rucker Park yep. games. And he's emceeing and he's got a live mic. And so like in between takes, was trying to gather everyone together. And Nate Robinson at one point would steal the mic and like play music off his phone and start DJing <laughs> between right. takes and was like, and these two guys were like the stars. This one guy looked like Tupac and this other guy. And um, and at one point, the other guy starts talking shit to Rel, just being like, come on, man, hit the shot. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and I felt terrible for Rel because it's just like you're in your head, like the, the feeling you've never it's like goes like saying about the Mets apple. It's just like nothing's going to kill a hard on more than just like <laughs> just, like, just make pressure. it. Um, everybody watching so, and- so at one point, these guys are like kind of make like talking shit and they're just kind of like goofing on rel. And I'm like, hey, man, he's the star of this movie. Like, why don't you just yeah, step back? Yeah, nice. And he goes, I could shoot you through him oh. I, I was like i was like okay cool 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 uh, and they're like and action and so i and then then after that take and in my head i'm like doing the take the whole time like all right pretend to block the shot and like don't get shot by that guy and then like, <laughs> lot to think and, about as an actor and the take ends and 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 we both, me and that guy, both go up to each other immediately. And we're like, hey, I'm sorry. He's like, I'm sorry about that. Like, we both kind of like. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, and I was like, okay, all right. Everything's going to be okay. Anyway. Oh, that's so hilarious. That's, uh, that what was. A, so when you're great... looking in my eyes. and <laughs> There's real fear there. Uh, yeah. um, all right. Well, Nick, you've been so generous with your time. And I, I know, you know, you've, you've talked a lot and other interviews about Big Mouth. We love it. It's a huge smash success. And of course, 
at Family Guy, you know, when Andrew went to go do that, we're like, oh, isn't that nice? He's going to do this little thing. And like a couple of years later, we're like, all right, easy. And not, it's not being so successful. Like, all right, that's good. Like every every kid I meet and then their parents are like, oh, he writes for Family Guy. And they're like, I watch Big Mouth. I'm like, oh, fuck <laughs> But like, it's, it's such a funny show. Well, but it is, I will say Andrew learned so much. I mean, obviously learned so much about how to do a show from how you guys did it. And, uh, and yeah, he was great at it. Um, He was great at it. And he's such a good, like, as you guys know, also like he was working in like the production. So he was like doing all this other stuff. So when he came to, he really learned so much about the entire process of animation from, from family guy that we definitely had, he, he, he understood how a, a show could run smoothly and it was incredibly helpful to us. Well, that, and that comes across. And Andrew was always someone who as a writer, even in a family guy room, which is quite irreverent and gross, would be on the gross side. <laughs> and so like it's sort of <laughs> appropriate right. that he create helped create this show, Big Mouth, which is hilarious, gross, irreverent, raunchy. So that's so funny. But I just wanted to ask a question before we go, because I I loved and was so fascinated by Don't Worry, Darling. Uh-huh. Like I know there was a lot of, you know, a lot going on that didn't really have to do with the movie about it but what what was your experience like making that film because to me that movie was it held my attention so Mm -hmm. well I was so Mm -hmm. invested in what was going on in that movie like what was that experience like for you uh it was I mean for me it was great I mean it was weird because it was like thick COVID pre-vaccine like November it was October November December and into the next year of 2020 wow shooting you know, and there were, it was in the, there's the election, it was Trump and Biden. It was just like an incredibly intense. And my wife was pregnant, like six, wow. seven, eight months pregnant in that Whoa. period of time. So it was just like, it was, there on. was this weird intensity to the time. And then it was also like the most fun. It was so, you know, I think Olivia is a really like has a really sure hand and was fun to work with. And she put together an incredible crew of people to work on it. And then I, you know, Florence and Harry, I didn't know and and are both the fucking the most <laughs> talented, charming people in the world. So like They're inside amazing. of COVID where like nobody was seeing anyone, all of a sudden I was just like with them um, and right. they and 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 it was so such a beautiful physical world to kind of be in of totally. like late fifties, early sixties. This sort of like you know, and Olivia was like, I want it to feel like the Rat Pack, like the you know the the way they you know what I it mean, did. Like, it like the way that people think of the fifties as this like very repressive early sixties, sort of like tight repressive time. She was like, I wanted to like at its best feel like the fun boozy kind of like time and and so that's yeah. what we got to sort of we were doing and so it was it, that was fucking fun and cool yeah uh, well, um, i i loved that and and i and i think i love harry styles like i just yeah. can't get enough of him i love his yeah. music i think he's cool i think he seems like a really cool guy so there was yeah. something so interesting about that whole movie and was, that's really what it was happen. weird, yeah, because he because I was about to have my first child, and he at that point became my very serious boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. That has not come out yet. That hasn't uh, come out, but yeah. <laughs> it's coming out here. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Were, everyone was so great and talented and cool. It was just everything looked, you know. Can't I don't think I'm processing until now, like how surreal it was to be in this like true 
kind of utopic looking feeling environment inside of this movie where there's other stuff happening inside of this actual time when the world felt incredibly unknown and unsafe and dangerous Precarious. And, and yeah. Stuff. yeah 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 well it it i don't know somehow it all got poured into the soup and it was just delicious to me so i i loved it Jew loves soup. There's your headline. <laughs> <laughs> I love the soup. There wasn't too much salt. It was very interesting. I like the protein in it. Um, Nick, you, as predicted, you were just a delight. So fun to talk to. You're so funny. You've given us so many laughs over the years. And again, I'll say it again, as grizzled uh, sort of negative comedy people, your your tendency is to not like other people who are successful in this realm, but that, that does not apply to you. We love you, you and we appreciate yeah. you being here today, Nick. Well, Thank you, you guys have been, I've Jen, as I said, been fans of you guys forever. And, and uh, so it's a pleasure to come and chat with you. Thank it, you so much. It tickles Nick. me that you guys would be like, you know, that you guys wouldn't hate my comedy. Incomplete. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it. that's the goal, right? Yeah. All right. Nick Kroll. Thank you so much. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thanks. Oh, God. Nick Kroll is such a fucking delight. <laughs> yeah, He's such hilarious. a delight. He just tickles. I'm going to say it. Oops. This was better than the Stutz episode. Yes. <laughs> right. Kroll, you did it. He tickles my funny bone. All right. But now let's get to a portion of our show we like to call Top 5. Top 5. Top 5. Ooh, yeah. Right. Yes, so beautiful. Yes. All right, JC, this was your topic. Tell us what we're top five in today. Top five 80s words or phrases. Yes. Or, yeah, however you yes. say that. <laughs> Go for okay, it. Okay, so my number five. Well, in doing this, I realized that I, my, the way I speak is totally stuck in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And my Ooh, number you five. You said it. I did mm-hmm. say it. Mm-hmm. And to follow up with that. My number five is the word totally. Totally. <laughs> I'm totally stuck. Totally I'm, rad. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, my number four is, this is a phrase, I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> we used to use that in this Forgot house. Forgot about that. That's a good one. Good one. Um, number three, stuck in the 80s. I use it a lot. Rad. I use the word rad from oh, radical. I say You still do. Wow, that's I awesome. I say all of these a lot. Ex- I mean, yes. Yeah. Number two, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I think that's awesome. true. That's true. I forget that that's 80s, but it is. Yeah. And then this popped up in the 80s. This is my number one, and I use it way too often. It's very annoying. Like. Yeah, like, like, you know, I'm like, shit. you know, when you like, you like, yeah, you know, like days gonna be overlap. Oh, yep. nice. <laughs> Go yeah. ahead, Gouldy. All right. Well, number five is Bomar. <laughs> <laughs> Calling someone a Bomar or a Poindexter. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, number four, along the same lines, Dingus. Ooh, that's oh, for, oh, dingus. Totally Quit being amazed. a dingus. <laughs> uh, number three, I had like. It's yes, just yes. infected all of our speech. Yep. Uh, yep. Number two, I remember when people started saying stuff was awesome. Yes. Yeah, Everything's awesome. awesome. Everything Everything but the is number awesome. one, my number one favorite word from the 80s, still use it today, dork. 
<laughs> oh, wow. I didn't those realize that was from the 80s. That's amazing. Those are good. Good. All right. Good. Here's my top five, and they have some that maybe you don't use as much today. We'll oh, see. Okay. Controversial. Number five for me is Bite Me. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, yes. Bite, <laughs> oh, bite Me. Bite me. <laughs> Number four, Calm Down Spaz. Ooh. <laughs> spaz. Spaz. Totally. Calm yes. Down Spaz. And apparently, Spaz is a word now you can't say as well. Oh, I didn't because know that. Because it's, it's disrespectful to the spazzes. Um, <laughs> number three. Number three is like I give a care. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Wow. I feel like that, that uh, Peter Griffin said that in a very funny way. Oh, yeah. I don't give give a care. care. Yeah. <laughs> number well, two along the same lines is no duh. No, mm. no, no, uh, da, no, 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 doy. <laughs> and number one, and here's one that you don't say anymore for obvious reasons, and I've learned, I've listened. Number one, gay. <laughs> and you have to put as many A's in it as possible. <laughs> that was the 80s way. Right. And of course, an back then, we didn't mean gay as in homosexual. Right. You meant it, was- it as in like. That's lame, which is also right. almost worse it's that terrible. you put you yes. conflate that word with lame. <laughs> but that was the eighties. Sort of the eighties for... equivalent of everyone using Napster and just stealing music. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we're just, well, you know, just who knew, who knew? We we're just saying the stuff and stealing the music. <laughs> right. We we're all <laughs> assholes and thieves. It's yes. fine. We'll just, yeah. we'll just pretend like it didn't really happen. <laughs> That's what everyone was doing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought you, know, you guys would have wicked on there. That's oh, wicked. I don't really like it. I feel okay. like Wicked. It's very Boston. I don't know. Was yeah. Wicked a little bit before then? Oh, maybe. I feel like I, I remember know. in that thing you do when they have the music contest, it goes all the way to Wicked. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, right. wicked. it's Wicked. Oh, um, like Wicked Awesome. Wicked That's, Awesome. I is thought that 80s. was very 80s. For okay. show. For okay. show. Um, all right. That was fun. So uh, next week, mine, pretty simple. Top five Matt Damon movies. Ooh. Top five Matt Damon movies. He's done a lot. Nothing to explain there. Yes. Um, All right. That will be fun. And maybe we can quickly get in uh, to how we end our program each week on a high note. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Tom and Max. Yes. I'll go quickly with my high note. uh, It's a little strange. It's uh, our dog, Dutch. So no particular reason... I just often end up with Dutch for most of the day, tracking her movements. When does she have to go pee? Does she have to go outside? Tall takes the very difficult morning shift with the breakfast, and she comes down to the you know the poop and the pee that's wherever it is. And then I'm sort of on duty for most of the rest of the day in terms of tracking on duty. I saw you point at me. <laughs> tracking like when she has to go out. But I was taking her out uh, last night. And we've been in a great rhythm lately. Take her out. She goes and pees right away. And I was kind of thinking to myself, she's 15. And how many more times am I going to get to do this? And I was just feeling a little sentimental towards uh, a Dutch. That's sweet. Um, I can go. You go. Yeah. Uh, So I want to give it up for my wife's side of the family. You know, when you when you marry into a family, you don't know what you're going to get. But we were visiting her cousins in Colorado and... Cousins Dan and Suzanne were so generous with us, putting us up at their at their beautiful That's home. Nice. And yes. then her cousins Jenny and Jason made us this great dinner. Uh, nice. Cousin Karen and 
her boyfriend Craig. We had a super awesome hang. Hope right. I'm not leaving anyone else out. Uh, and cousin Caden. Craig wasn't the one with the tattoo, right? <laughs> no. Okay, okay. Good, good, good. Just check. Caden, Kyle, <laughs> Uncle Tom, the whole the whole gang was awesome. just super fun to be around. So like, I felt very fortunate that I married into like very nice cool of you to family. Say. Very yeah. nice of you to say. Yeah. Yeah. JC, what do you <laughs> yes. get? My high note, very simple. Today, Wimbledon, Alina Svitolina, Ukrainian player, beat yeah. the number one player in the world, who's also yeah. an amazing player, supporter of Ukraine. Iga Sviantek. Yes, <laughs> and it was a riveting match, and it ended right before we recorded, so um, I was thrilled. I cried after her last match, because I'm just psycho like that, that I cry over sports, but um, I'm very excited was- for her. That was fun to watch, and I love yeah. her love for Harry Styles and hearing yeah. how that plays it's out really in her post-game, yeah. <laughs> post-match post press conferences. Yes. Um, and to Harry's credit, he responded to her on the yeah. internet and said, I've got tickets for you whenever you want. Yes. Uh, those are great high notes. Great show today. Thank you uh, to Nick Kroll. And next week, guys, it's just us. We're going to have to us. think of some fun stuff to talk about. Just the three of us. Just the three of us. Um, so I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you two for being awesome. Thank and you. we will talk to you again next week. That was fun. Somewhere between a Schneider and a Scully. It's in there somewhere. I don't know.